Garage fam, it is the Garage Guys NASCAR race recap presented by Hooters. Right now, if you get over to Hooters and you go to download the app or you go to order.hooters.com, you can save on any to-go order, $30 or more. So that's $10 you're going to get off of any to-go order. $30 or more when ordering off the app or order.hooters.com. Use promo code GARAGEGUYS. That's how you save the money. It's a great promo code. Uh, it's been used by thousands of gentlemen and scholars across America. Um, and everyone that is busy, including myself, Captain Carryout, a.k.a. Super Trucks Captain Carryout Garage Guy, um, it, it will do you a lot of favors in life. So Promo code Garage Guys, $10 off any $30 or more to go order from Hooters. The offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carryout orders only. Hey, Dale. Dine, hey. Dale? Is that yeah, you? You, yeah, no, tell them, head over to Hooters and tell them Dine and Dale sent you. If you go into your Hooters, sit down, get some food, maybe some merchandise, maybe some non alcoholic beverages, a nice, refreshing Mountain Dew. Save $10 on any dine-in order, $40 or more, just by telling your Hooters girl about promo code GARAGEGUYS. And that offer is valid at HOA locations, redeemable for food, non-alcoholic beverages, and merchandise. Be sure to tell them your good friend, Dine and Dale, sent you over to Hooters. I went to Hooters this past weekend at uh, Indianapolis. And uh, by the way, Indianapolis, everybody has to visit. We got a lot to talk about with the, with the Verizon 200 weekend at indianapolis motor speedway but the hooters in indianapolis is awesome got some good friends over there and i think the first time i went to that hooters was in like 2014 so i've been going to that hooters for a long time it's nice good area in the downtown right in the heart of downtown indianapolis so uh, go visit our friends out there and anywhere across the country and use our promo codes but the verizon 200 indianapolis motor speedway crazy Sunday, at least, was crazy. Friday night at RFP was pretty crazy. Saturday, pretty tame. But uh, shout out to our good friend, Tyler Red Dog Reddick, new signer of the Book of Road, twice. In one day. Twice yeah, in one day. That's it, the crazy part. That is, uh, that, that is something that's going to be hard to do for, uh, for some of these guys. We, gotta get, we do have to get AJ to sign it twice. We got to yeah. get AJ to sign it twice for Portland and and uh saturday well so. you know i i haven't really seen what's inside of the book of road i don't even know i from from you know the, the legend has it that it it is only road courses that the cup cars bless no um, no that's what the legend says you can't argue legend it doesn't say that There's, you just said you don't know what's in there there was so an I, old man that uh that guarded the book for many years before we oh, so, okay so so we don't do Portland, but we got to do Sonoma and Xfinity at Indianapolis. Is that what you're telling me? Right. That's correct. He said that, that only, only the cup careth beareth thy name. So I think that's what that means. Um, so no, no Parker Kligerman, big truck guy, mid Ohio. No, you know, no, you know, if, if there were cup cars in mid Ohio, maybe so, but I mean, this is, this is a sacred book, dude. I mean, this is a sacred book. Cup drivers are sacred drivers. You know, so they're the best of the best. So I feel like the, the these courses, it kind of makes sense. I mean, what would you do if a man with white hair and a robe told you uh, that, that, you know, would you listen to him or just disrespect him? 
well, that never happened, so it's, it doesn't matter. Well, at least to you, it didn't happen. But we'll leave it up to Judge for the Garage fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got – yeah, I want to get Parker Kligerman to sign it. That's the big thing. We got to get Kligerman, right? When, you when, guys... when, when is Kligerman – when is he going to be running uh, running a cup cup car? That's what we really need to know. Our super truck. When, when, when is he going to run? He's ran trucks, but when will Parker run a super truck? That's the question. Well, depends if uh, what happens in 2023 with that sponsor entitlement. Are we, we got, bringing we super buy trucks back? Got to buy yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I hope hope so badly it will be rebranded as a super trucks, regardless of who has it. But yeah, if know. that's the case, then then I feel like after after one season, I feel like you know we 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 would have had the book of road in our possession for an entire year. And I feel like that's when we can make the rules. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's when when everything changes. So that's maybe, fair. Yeah, maybe that's, that's what fair. will happen. I'm not sure. But we got a we got an action packed show, like you said. A lot of racing went down in Indianapolis. First time the trucks are back at IRP. What a great track! Just let's just start out with that. Uh, it was a great night. It literally, when you get to IRP, and shout out to Moonhead by the way. Moonhead came and he actually had a race in uh in the indianapolis area it was his first time racing uh this past weekend so he also has another race at hickory coming up this weekend if you are in the hickory area go and support moonhead he is running these cars he he's he's a, a boy with a dream and he's chasing it down he's running down a dream like tom petty once said um you know nascar nbc uh, is that still the theme song? I don't ever get to watch the races on TV. No, no, I don't think so. It's, it's It changed a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, RIP to Tom. Um, but, yeah, it, RIP is kind of a mystical, weird place, man. It's like one of those tracks that were, like, left and were, like, abandoned for millions of years. And then all of a sudden, just one day, it was like, hey, let's all get here. You got shirtless people ripping cigs. You got corn dogs, all kinds of county fair food, and you don't really know whether you're at a high school football game or track meet until you get there. And then you get in the stands and you're like, oh, I, I remember this from high school. And then you take a, a left, you, you turn left and you see this racetrack. So it's pretty crazy how that place is and where it's just how it's just there. Um but the racing was uh, was pretty fantastic. That was an exciting truck race. And then also exciting to see you get to, uh, hit, to, to, to hit another lick for the Garage fam uh, in your truck prophecies. Uh, the truck god came back to life. We, we had old Grant Infinger, you know, pop that IRP cherry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. I did, I did not expect, first of all, I did not expect IRP to be like that. Uh, so as someone who's been watching races at IRP since like 2004, whether it was trucks or Xfinity, when they ran there, uh, everything stopped in 2011. I just didn't expect it to be like that. I thought we would at least have like a big scoring pylon. I thought the facility was going to be like a, uh, certainly not like a, a typical local short track. Definitely didn't see that coming, but yeah, Grant Enfinger winning that race was pretty awesome. Uh, got him at plus 2000. And I, I just highly recommend everybody join the Discord. If you're a newer listener, if you want to get into the bets, join the Discord because there's a certain sports book 
during practice and during qualifying that will leave lines up. That sportsbook will not be named at this moment. All the garage fam and degenerate NASCAR betters are already aware of this sportsbook. But there is a book that leaves the lines up during practice and qualifying. And when Infinger had speed, we, we just all started pulling the trigger. At least maybe not everybody, but, but a good bit of us did. And a lot of people cashed because of it. And I also talked about Grand Infinger on Dale Center. I said it was a lock that him or Johnny Salter would get a top three. I was calling it Old Man Weekend. It's Old Man Weekend at IRP. All the old guys win at this racetrack. Dating back to 2004, the average age of winners at IRP, and this is from 2004 to 2011, was 44 years old. Damn. Grant Enfinger is 37, and he's one of the older guys in the series that is still competitive. So he was a, an immediate early play, and once he – once he showed that he had speed, I was like all over him for sure for a win. So, yeah, that was a that was a really fun race. Very, very dramatic finish. Had some contact, bumping and banging, some wrecks, some controversy. John Hunter Nemechek in the middle of it. And it was it was a, just a great night at the short track. I, I'm not a big and you agree with me on this. I know you're in the same same boat. Not a big short track guys when it comes to just like sprint cars or, or late models, you know, just the. You're just missing, like when when it's NASCAR, you just feel the magnitude, right? You just feel yeah. the magnitude of importance. And even though it was that that small track feel, there was a shit ton of people there. There was a lot of electricity in the stands, in the pits. There was a lot of electricity, a lot of high energy, and it was a really really fun night. I definitely hope we we should get the trucks back. I saw something today that said, or yesterday that the uh, the track was very happy with the number of people that showed up. So I, I think we will for sure get trucks back there next year. I'd like to see Xfinity over there too, just my opinion. But it was it was a really fun night. Great way to start the weekend with uh my guy, Grant Enfinger, getting the dub. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I look nothing against the short track scene. I mean we went to five flags speedway and that's honestly kind of what IRP reminded me of. It's just yeah you and I are we're presentation oriented guys. Let's be real. You know, we grew up, you know, we grew up with our NASCAR, you know, it was, it was it's the big show, big show boys. That's just that that's all there is to it. At the end of the day, we like the big show. Everybody's got to start somewhere and we get that. I, I just feel like there's, like you said, there's a totally different energy when it comes down to a professional sporting event that's kind of at the top of the line. And I consider trucks to be in that category as well as Xfinity and Cup. Um, and, you know, we, we had IndyCar as well, and we'll talk about that too. Um, but, yeah, IRP, I, I would definitely go back there. I think that it is definitely fun to visit a place like that, especially for a truck race. I don't know if I would want to go as far as seeing Xfinity there, but for trucks, that place is perfect. Dude, Xfinity would put on a hell of a show at that race. Maybe so, but that place screams truck series. It does. It does. Says. And shout out to Lynn, by the way. We love you, Lynn. Lynn Thank you, Lynn. You're Lynn, the best. You know who you are. We appreciate you uh keep us soaring and flying um so i guess yeah moving from irp going into saturday we got blessed uh with my you know lately i have really just been embracing indycar uh space car uh as i call it sometimes uh joey molinero had a really good uh 
had a really good uh, counter to my uh my astronaut bets you know he says he looks at indy cars more as like you know top gun like you know fighter pilot jets and i can definitely see that as well so either way aviation ties in to indycar those cars could literally go up in the sky and just take off and just bomb the shit out of each other if they wanted to that's the way i see them um, but I'm learning a lot more about the IndyCar scene. It was the, uh, the Gallagher 200, if I'm not mistaken. Is that I think correct? that's correct. I think that's correct. The Gallagher, Gallagher 200. Yeah. I think it was oh. the Gallagher 200 or the 150. I was, uh, I woke up, I woke up with my dick hard, uh, Saturday morning. I was ready to see them IndyCars go rip, go rip it around. Uh, and you know, the race may not have been the most exciting race by any means it was our first indycar road race of the year that we've got to see and there wasn't a whole lot of passing or maybe a lot of action but you know me i pop in the airpods i put on some good tunes and i watch those beautiful motherfuckers just go around the track and it's just that yeah. excites me and i enjoy it uh but uh we we saw uh what was it it was uh, alexander rossi and Joey called it. We saw Rossi get his first win, and I'm not sure the exact amount of time, but it's been a minute since that man has won him a race. 2019, 2019 to be exact. He has, he's had a lot of bad luck, a lot of bad luck. He's had speed, and it, the relationship between him and Andretti just kind of got a, tarnished over the last year or so. So he will be driving for McLaren next year, but – if he doesn't win another race, it is really cool to see him get one before he leaves Andretti Autosport at the end of the year. The uh, 2016 Indy 500 champion with Andretti, too. So that was the race was kind of a snoozer. And even even Rossi pointed this out later in interviews. There's there's just a disadvantage with the with dirty air, especially behind the leader and. NASCAR has the same kind of problem on the cup side. Now, I don't think it's as significant as IndyCar, but the aero screens, I think, have had some influence on the aerodynamics of passing, catching and passing cars, uh, makes it way more at a premium. So it was kind of a snoozer in person, but it still was a blast. It still was an absolute blast just being there and just getting to see it. I've always been a huge IndyCar guy. Indianapolis is just a legendary place. I don't care if the race winner laps the field. I'm going to have a good time watching a race. And Alexander Rossi was uh, thinking, man, after qualifying, he was like plus 500. I just couldn't pull the trigger on that for a guy that hadn't won a race in three years. But, yeah, Joey Molinaro, per just exact quote, I'm going to ride Rossi until the until the wheels fall off. So Yeah, they didn't fall they did. off either. They did not. They did not. It was apparently, like, apparently, at the end of that race, one of them was getting ready to fall off. Though, well, I didn't, I didn't get to hear the broadcast, but apparently, he was having something wrong with his left rear tire. So that okay. would have been, that would have been a really ironic thing if that had happened. Highway but, to the danger zone. That would have set up who? Who finished second? Was it Lundegaard? Christian Lundegaard. Yeah, he. Lundegaard. Yeah, he would have been a huge underdog win. So, yeah. I think I had Will Power in third, and same. I was on BK. I think he finished fifth or sixth. So missed the bets there, but but shout out to Joey Molinaro for getting it getting it right. That's why That's he's right. the IndyCar guy. That's why you watch the NASCAR race preview show. Sometimes we talk IndyCar. You never know. Uh, so it, it's a good. Uh, it, it was a good time. Regardless, we got to go hang out. Uh, good the good folks. Our guy Deepu, 
a couple other great people for uh, the hospitality. We appreciate that. Got to hang out with the homie Matt. Uh, we never get to hang out with, with, our, with our good pal Matt Wishart uh, very much. Best so, photographer in the universe for yes, Trackhouse. That is correct. He is the best photographer in the universe for Trackhouse. Uh, also, Dalen, though, I feel like they are in the same universe. I got, I got to give, I got to give props to Dalen as well. Yeah, of course. You know, Dalen's up there too. I didn't. I, yeah, I think I saw Dalen once or twice. He seemed a lot busier. Seemed he a lot was, busier. He was hustling. You know, he was a hustling and a bustling. Uh, Matt, they, they were both busy in their own rights. But I will say this: we all know Trackhouse has like top of the line stuff. So obviously has to have top of the line photographers. So shout out to those guys. Um, and so aside from the great view and the hospitality and everything else that we had for that one, I did not stick around for the Xfinity race. So I will let you Didn't miss much. that race. Did not miss much. It was, it was also kind of a snoozer. I said it kind of, I kind of teased at the beginning of the show, the Saturday races were both kind of tame on the more tame side. AJ Allmendinger came out there and just spanked everybody straight up. Uh, Alex Bowman was really fast for his second. Chase Briscoe probably had a shot, but lost third gear with like 12 to go, finished fifth. Um, fuck, I don't even know who finished third and fourth. But Sheldon Creed was having a great run, running the top five. Got spun by Ross Chastain. So that was interesting. Oh, Ross finished top five. I think he finished third or fourth. Justin Allgaier ran up there too. Didn't have a great betting day. I hit one matchup. Missed the max bet, which was uh, Noah Gragson over Justin Allgaier. Six of the last seven road courses, Gragson has beat Allgaier head-to-head. That did not happen this weekend. Noah Gragson had a rough day from the start and uh, finished 10th, but Justin Allgaier was really good. And did not have A.J. Allmendinger, and that's one of these things that I tend to do every other week. I talk about AJ on Dale Center. I said, let's wait till after qualifying. I think AJ is going to win this race. I thought AJ would have a bad qualifying run because it always seems like he or his team, that number 16 college racing Chevy, they just fuck up in qualifying every single time. And this time they did not. They got the pole. He moved to like plus 300. And I was like, you know what? Too expensive. I feel like he's he's been too successful on the road courses this year. Can't do it. And he goes out and spanks everybody. So had had a small loss there. Not too bad. Shout out to Sam Mayer for beating Josh Berry. That saved me from absolute catastrophe on the financial 401k side. But nonetheless, it was kind of a snoozer. There was a lot of people on Twitter saying, yeah, Xfinity should go to IRP. And I was one of those people. I was one of those people, even though um, my hot take is that we should come to Indy twice a year and, and do all of it, not just the road course, not just IRP add the oval in there too. And I think there's a way we can make that work if if NASCAR and IndyCar will get more bold with their strategy going forward. So yeah, it was a kind of a snoozer and lost bets. So just wasn't, just was kind of a shitty, shitty day. It's <laughs> just kind of a shitty race, I guess. But uh, a lot of people in the Discord did bet on AJ Allmendinger. So shout out to everybody who was smarter than me on that side of things. But Saturday night was fun. Get, went downtown. And uh, hung out with some good people and ha- had a good night. Had a good, good night over at uh, that club, Envy. Uh, you mentioned our guy, Deepu, earlier. Deepu yeah. is the man. Deepu is the man. Going to be in Nashville this weekend, too. Big birthday party for him. And uh, he's got a lot of people that, that love him and, and just go all out for this dude. Hey, so. man. 
Hey man, they are a great we got group that of people. dog. We got that dog in us. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Shout out Connor Daly. Yeah. Everybody's Everybody's got the dog in them. Everybody had a dog in them this weekend, it especially was, it, Tyler. The dog Reddit. days of Indy. That's that's what I titled like my little photo compilation post on Instagram. Yeah, like, that, it's a perfect that was a good day. one. That was a good one. Yeah, dog days of Indy. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect with the trending, the meme of the dog in the X-ray. Yeah. Of this, of like your chest, like your lungs is like fucking hilarious. <laughs> dog in this. Yeah. Yes. No. So I, I actually like all that was great. Saturday night was was a blast. Shout out to John. John and Chase run the place. We got to meet a couple of IndyCar uh, drivers, so it was really cool to be able to hang out with them and really start to kind of like, kind of dive into that whole realm and that that dimension, that scene. Like I'm, like I said before, I'm really just enjoying it, and and I'm starting to really just embrace the IndyCar culture and. And I think you and I both can agree that it's something that we definitely want to uh, to kind of keep going and keep pushing on. And I think that that's something that we'll definitely do. I want to backpedal on something you said, though, because you gave me just like the, the thought process talking about how we need to come to Indy more. Wouldn't it be great? All right. So NASCAR had the Pocono doubleheader, right? We had these doubleheaders. So you have an IndyCar and Xfinity doubleheader. Why can't we do a NASCAR IndyCar road course race and then an, like a NASCAR, maybe not an Indy Oval? I don't think that there's any other race that needs to be done for IndyCar on that oval other than the 500. Oh, of course not. No, that's but not debatable. A that's NASCAR not, not debatable. road course and oval doubleheader weekend. I think that would be incredible. So here's what I think. And this is a bold take because – the biggest argument against this is IndyCar traditionalists, and I understand it. But I think during the month of May, NASCAR should come out here to Indy and race on the road course. During some weekend where IndyCar is doing Indy, Indy 500 testing, Indy 500 practice or qualifying, whatever it may be, I think that would be a great idea. And then in the fall, IndyCar races on the road course with Xfinity, if we want to keep Xfinity there. And then NASCAR goes back to the Oval on the Sunday, just like we did this weekend, except NASCAR's on the Oval, trucks are on IRP, IndyCar Xfinity go doubleheader on Saturday on the road course. I like that. The problem with the May thing is... The 600. It would be similar. Not No, not necessarily, not the 600, because I don't, I don't think NASCAR should run an IndyCar road race the same weekend as the Indy 500 because the Indy 500 should be standalone. It is a big enough event. There's enough to do. There's enough to have a very, so the very, week yeah, the week before when we have pole qualifying or the week before that when we start practicing. Pole qualifying would probably go best. Also, IndyCar comes here twice a year and races on the road course, by the way. So you could do it that weekend too, where you have NASCAR come do a doubleheader on that Sunday race with IndyCar on the road course. I think that would be a good idea. So I just think we need to get back to the Oval some way because he's the the Gen 7s will probably put on a hell of a show. And you get to bring back the prestige of the Brickyard 400 that we've missed now. I mean, even when the Brickyard 400 was going in 2018, 2019, it lost that feel. It just lost the feel of being important, having a special sentimental value. I think with this new era of NASCAR and the Generation 7 race car 
and everything that's going on with the industry and the growth that we're seeing, we need to come back there and race an oval because the energy in Indianapolis feels awesome when we have IndyCar and NASCAR there at the same time. Agreed. So I think that's something that's achievable. And I think last year when we announced this NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader was a huge moment in the history of motorsports because we have now broken that we've now broken that tie or I don't want to say rivalry, but we've broken like the animosity of going head to head against each other. And now we barrier. And now, now we're coexisting. If we're able to race in the same weekend, two different motorsports industries, we're now coexisting, right? We're coexisting. And if we're seeing growth together, which I think we should be seeing growth, whether it's attendance or TV ratings for NASCAR and IndyCar at Indianapolis, then that should inspire these industries to get together and say, hey, let's take this to the next level. That's right. That next level is F1. The enemy is F1. That's what people need to understand. If we're if this is American motorsports, shouldn't the enemy be F1, not NASCAR versus IndyCar? We should yeah, F one. Look, and I'm this just isn't debatable. F1's racing product isn't even close to what NASCAR and IndyCar have. And I mean, I can I can just debate with you and run you under the table all it's day. Runaways, that's all they are. They're runaway races. And I and I'm I'm coming from a guy that's been watching Formula One since 2006. So you know, if you're if you're a Netflix subscriber, I'm sorry, you're just not going to win this debate against me because I've I've been watching it for since I was 10 years old. Uh, shout out Rubens Barrichello, who was my favorite driver back in the day because of his name. But um, yeah, no, there's I think there's a lot of positive energy that could be built upon this weekend and 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 taking it to the next level. And in that next level, we got to get back to the open. So that's my thoughts on that whole deal and what we can do to make it better. Fully agree. Definitely have to see a Brickyard 400 in person before I die. So we have to find a way. To we'll do get it. It's going to come back. I think there's enough. I really. It may not be next year, but I think there's a there's a good chance that we'll come back in 24 or 25. Let, let's hey 2024. Uh, that would mark what the 20 year. Would that yep. be 30 years? 30 years. Um, uh, 30 years to the inaugural. Yep, to the inaugural. 30 years to 400. the inaugural. And it's 2024. The first person one was the number 24. That is when. So we're predicting it right now on Garage Guys NASCAR podcast on the recap for Indy that the Brickyard 400 will return 2024. Has to happen. Love that prediction. You know, we've been talking for shit. How long have we been talking? Who 20 cares? years. We had not even talked about the cup race. That's, that's how much we've been just the dialogue of everything else that happened, right? It was just it's indie, man. It's just it it, it becomes you. And you Saturday know? was boring and we found a way to make it a 15-minute conversation. Right. But, yeah. But we gotta talk about we gotta talk about Sunday. It was an, no, a crazy, no. crazy, crazy race. Tyler Reddit gets done. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys or girls have seen our book of road content with the ceremony with Tyler Reddick. Pre-race and post-race, got to sign the book twice as a two-time winner of Road. We hadn't gotten him to sign it for Road America back, what, five weeks ago? Just hadn't right. hadn't yeah. seen him. Um, had we? I'm trying to think of the last time we were on the grid before this past weekend. We went – oh, Atlanta. Okay, we went to Atlanta. We skipped out on New Hampshire and Pocono. But, right. Um, the race was insane. The race was insane. There's debate whether it was exciting or if it was embarrassing because of the way 
many drivers drove each other. It seemed kind of disrespectful. Guys sent it at four, five, six wide into turn one. A lot of guys taking each other out. I will say there's got there, there seems to be a an issue with driver etiquette at, at these road courses. Like it and, and it and it fucked up my bets. It did fuck up my bets a little bit. And we'll I'll get into my bad beats here later, but I want to get your thoughts on on how that race finished because it was crazy. It was exciting. But I do I do understand everybody who's complaining about the lack of respect and driver etiquette because even the drivers are saying it. The drivers are fed up. And now you get you're just like spreading a disease to a driver. Like when a driver gets wrecked by somebody, now he's going to turn into a driver that wrecks guys. And it just turns into a virus of guys (laughs) that are like, fuck this, man. I'm tired of this. If everybody's going to race me like this, I'm going to race them back the same exact way. That was uh, that was Kevin Harvick. 1000 yep. percent this uh, this past weekend i mean he literally was on the radio like who 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 wrecked me who bumped me who bumped me he was like it was like five guys but bowman started he's like all right i'm gonna wreck them all all five of these guys yeah <laughs> like that is such a happy move and and i think that his i think the caution where he, he and bowman spun if i'm not mistaken he actually got hit car. he actually i, I thought he, that was payback when i saw it but actually he just got hit again i think yeah. Yeah, he might have just been doing a little bit of radioactive chatter. Who knows? But uh, but I think that that was the last caution that came out, if I'm not mistaken, and I may be, before we had the final restart. And that's where we went into overtime. We had two at the end. We had two at the end because Christopher Bell. Ugh, oh, yeah, it was the seatbelt spin. That was the final one before the final restart. No, we had one more. We had one more. Oh, really? It was, oh. Austin Dillon, Austin Dillon. When Bi- yeah, when when Byron, yeah, when Byron wrecked, and yep. yeah, because I remember yeah. the entire Reddit Chase pit Elliott box. too. Yeah, the entire Reddit pit box was just like Jesus, like like why, why? So, you know, three restarts essentially, and, and Red Dog, you know, he held it down, and I mean, he was confident from the jump, but uh, the that last lap, whenever I'm watching on the screen and I see everybody go to turn into turn one. And then you just see Ross Chastain just flying straight. My God, no regard for human life. I'm thinking, did this dude's like gas pedal just break? Is he, because like in the game, in a video game that I would play for Indy road, when you go straight, you're going to just knock a barrier and you're, I'm just like in my head, I'm thinking like, Holy shit, this dude's about to just like straight up play chicken with a barrier. And and like we had already seen where the Kyle Larson deal, which by the way came out where he just completely was just sending it. It was just like there was no malfunction on the car. Dude, that I just don't buy it. I just don't yeah. buy that. Kyle would That's just would not saying. do that. He had to have lost brakes. He had to have some kind of a mechanical failure. Something Dude, went something went something had to go down. Kyle Larson would not just go into that corner at 170 miles per hour greatest and fucking driver, take someone out. Literally just won an award for the greatest driver of the year. A champion driver, a man that drives multiple forms of motorsports. I yeah, I can't see it either. Oh, and um, and he went to IRP last night in a pavement sprint car, yeah. and and beat the field by half a half a lap. Insane. And won. So the yeah, man, I mean 
The man's on another level that. of life. Yeah. So. That was a scary wreck, no doubt. But it, it, there had it to be wild. some kind of failure. There's just no doubt in my mind. I don't care what the report says. Well, I am very glad that they are both safe because now I can make jokes and memes with the wreck. So very happy go. for that. But, uh, yeah, let's get back to it. Ross just takes off. And then the next thing you know, the camera cuts. And here's Ross Chastain side by side with Tyler. And in the moment, I'm sitting here. I'm not sweating. Because I'm like, this doesn't matter. This dude's going to get, like, thrown out. It, it's whatever. Like, he's going to get a penalty for this. This is the same kind of shit we saw with Denny and Chase Briscoe last year. It, it, it's whatever. It's done. Which, by the way, very disappointing with Chase Briscoe and the strategy call for stage one. That's oh a talk God. for another day. Um, because he could have tried to win that race. And um, and I had Ryan Blaney to win stage one at plus 1,400, and he finished second. So hmm, that was yeah. a, a heartbreaker. It's always a tough time. But, you know, when they're battling, you know, in the moment, I remember, like, thinking just like, okay, I'm not sweating this. But then the next thing you notice is Austin Sendrick is lurking. And I'm like, oh, this isn't good. This isn't good at all. And so it's like, what is Ross doing? Like, like, that's the question. What are you doing? You already know that you're literally going to get penalized. For this. You have to know. You can't be that dumb. You're a Cup Series driver. You know what's about to happen. And you're up here battling this guy that has just been waxing ass all day long. Like, they, there is no getting around the Red Dog. The Red Dog, I mean, he, he did it. He did like literally passed people multiple times. They came to win. Tyler knew he was going to win that race before the race even started. The mentality, the everything just came together in a beautiful way. So I don't know what was going through Ross's head. I don't know what Ross is trying to do other than spice shit up, get in the news and the whole, you know, DEI uh, entertainment mentality. That's the only thing that I can see of why Ross would have done something like that. And if that's the case, you know, no press is bad press is the way that I see it and the way a lot of people see it. So if that's the case, then, Hey, you know, do what you got to do. Just don't fuck with the red dog. That's all I had to say. Okay. I don't get the DEI entertainment comment. I have no idea. I don't know. That's a Ty Norris thing. Like you think he's just trying to make yeah, it entertaining, but exactly the the like like you know how you talk about how like we talked to, we had a whole segment. I think it was a couple weeks ago on one of these shows where we talked about how the Ty Norris are going to find a way to get in the news, be in the media, be a part of it. Like he's got that producer mentality, and maybe that's something there. Maybe, but or I, I just I don't see any other reason why that would have happened. I, I just don't. Well, Ross, here's the thing. Getting into the bad beats, I had Ross Chastain to win. was one of my early picks this week. I had him for a top five, one of my early picks this week. So that was pain because as soon as he missed the corner, I knew he was going to get penalized. And we didn't – we were in the pit box, and the pit guys who have radio, who have radio contact, were sitting there yelling, where's the fucking penalty? Where's the penalty? They're waiting for it. The broadcast said nothing about the penalty. Or, or I think they had mentioned, like, can he be up here? But NASCAR did not announce the penalty in those final two laps, and which is absurd. There's no doubt it was a penalty. And Ross claimed he didn't do it on purpose. He didn't want to get taken out. And based on how those last few restarts were, as a human being, I don't blame him for doing that because if here, – here's where it gets interesting. 
Austin Dillon took that access road earlier in the race and did not get penalized. And you got to wonder if teams paid attention to how often guys were, were doing that. And the broadcast didn't catch every single time somebody hit that road. So you got to wonder if it's like, hey, I'm about to get wrecked. I take this access road because I can't make the, the corner. If Ross had come out in fourth or fifth, I wonder if he would have got penalized. I think he probably still would have. But if he didn't advance his position and came out uh, and, and was unscathed because he avoided what could have been potential conflict, as that turn one corner was the entire race, you got to wonder if potentially he would have let been let go on that one. But he literally jumped four spots and came out ahead of Tyler Reddick. You just can't do that. You cannot use that an act, an extra an additional access road to advance a position. First of all, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, like like you got to be smart about it if you're going to do that. If you're going to play, you know, you're going to play the quiet game when it comes to that road. You can't just just like magically appear in first place. Yeah, I respect <laughs> but yeah, I respect the move though because if he if if his spotter did tell him four wide, four wide, then there is a good chance he's just gonna get fucking wrecked, right? So it's like, okay, if I'm hearing that, I'm like, whatever, I'm not even gonna take a chance. But yeah, you just can't you can't just pass four guys on the penalty road and then race Tyler Reddick for the win. Like there should be a common sense ticker in your head in that in that moment. And Austin Cendrick is catching both of you because you're racing Reddick like you're battling for the win and you're not, you're straight up. Just not, you're going to get penalized. So yeah, that was crazy. And it was shades of last year because Chase Briscoe did the same thing. Right. Like Chase Briscoe should have had that ticker in his head saying probably going to get penalized, but look, I'm not a race car driver. I'm not out there in the moment. So I'm not going to shit on either one of them too badly because I don't know what I would do in that moment, especially if you're in 2021, Chase Briscoe rookie hadn't won a race playoffs on the line. Maybe you get away with it because you were forced off. I don't so. know. I don't know. I don't know, Dale. I feel like you and I would probably have enough common sense if we were going to try to be sneaky. But until you hear anything. It would, anything, turn, it would turn to a point situation. You know, like, okay, let's get this, you know, top ten. But but if you, ha if you haven't heard anything on your radio, which that's the thing, NASCAR should have come out within 30 seconds and said, Ross, you're penalized. Ross, you're penalized. Back off. You know? Uh, Chase Briscoe got that call last year. Immediately, right? I think it was they had synced it up when it happened. I think it was moments before he spawned Denny Hamlin, but it was still a little late. I don't see why the call takes so long from the from the tower to make. If you miss the corner and advance your position, and like you gain an advantage from skipping the racetrack how is that not an immediate call how is it not an immediate like if i'm in the tower i'm like nope you cannot do that radio down right now and tell him that is a penalty the real and, question is what are they doing in these towers i mean i, I mean if, if i was in the tower i would have probably saw that immediately and been like yo i, I get it's probably a difficult job but it, it has been very inconsistent this year it's been inconsistent like period monitors you should have a monitor for every camera angle but you know, this isn't just NASCAR, right? I want to shit on race NASCAR. control. I'm blaming whoever is, whoever is like waiting. That's well, that's that's NASCAR. Okay, doesn't all <laughs> well, here, but you, you just said it wasn't just NASCAR. 
Yeah, let me get to my point. This is a more broad, general point. This happens in all sports, is my point. Like with referees, we see problems like this in the NFL, NBA, like inconsistent calls. That was my point I was making. It's it's just part of officiating and refereeing. Like it, it seems like shit like this happens in every sport. And I can't wait for football season when I have a bet on the line and an official makes a dog shit call and I lose my bet because of it, right? But yeah, yeah, it NASCAR, and that's the thing. NASCAR made the right call here. They just—it's inexplicable that it t- that it took as long as it did. Maybe it was it, a com- maybe they thought enough people would have common sense, or that the team would have common sense. I could see that. I could see where they're like, okay, well, everyone knows that he's just no. Not well, here's he's racing Reddick side by side and has potential to take him out yeah. and give the win to someone else. You got to come out the radio and be like, get. Like back down, back down. You're you're I mean, black flag, and you're sucks. racing the leader. It like sucks. what the fuck and are you doing? I'm glad that that didn't happen. It's unfortunate. It happened to Denny last year. Reddick, and that that tells you about the composure of Tyler Reddick and where his head is at now. Yeah. And I said it on the preview show. He's got the monkey off his back. He's confident. Uh, the the hardest part is getting that first win, and Chase Elliott is a good example of that. Once he got that first win, it took him like three years to get it. But once he got that first win, he just started clicking them off. And now once we saw Tyler Reddick get that first win after m- multiple high-pressure situations where he didn't get the job done, he got it, and now he's in the playoffs. He knows he's got a future ride in 2024. He can just go out and drive and go win a championship. So yeah, he's the composure of him to get – yeah, absolutely. The, just the composure to get back by Ross in that moment when – you know what Ross is capable of when it comes to how he races you, how rough he is. He passed him back and pulled away. So big That's shout out to Tyler Reddick for it would have been an absolute shitstorm for the second year in a row had Austin Cindric won that race because of Ross Chastain's manipulation. Yeah, and that's why we love Red Dog. There's no fear in the Red Dog's eyes. Uh the fear is gone. The wind comes, the fear goes away. That's oh, it all and it, additionally, it would have given me another reason to fucking hate Austin Cindric. And I'm so glad we didn't have that. Yeah, no, that if he would have won that race, dude, I'd have left. I'd have left immediately. I'd have walked out. I wouldn't have said a word. I probably wouldn't. I would have hoped that you saw me in the moment because I would have literally just like turned around and walked back across the street. There would oh, have I would have. Nothing else happened. I, I may would have broken something. Mm. It would have been a rough day. But nonetheless, congrats to all the, the Red Dog betters out there. And yeah. I think there were a lot of them. So great day, uh, 13, 13 day. unit popper right there on the red dog. It was there fun. you go. It was there good. you go. Uh, so that was Indy, and that was a recap, and that was some discussion. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, and believe now it's time for for our new fun segment, uh, the Garage God. Well, what do we got this week, Dale? Well, yeah, I, I guess it's not new anymore. This is like the fourth yeah. one. Uh, the Garage God is the tier, our tier of, of rankings for a specific topic, typically racing related, but you never know when we'll go outside the, the racing barrier for this. This week, since we're heading to Michigan, uh, well, not physically, I'll be in Nashville. I'll be here for the IndyCar Grand Prix, Nashville Grand Prix uh, for the IndyCar Series. Chase back home with the family, spending some, some much needed time, rest, and Michigan's fun. Um, it's just really far away, and I don't want to go back. But Michigan is a fun place to go. If you want to go party, 
a good underrated track to go party at Michigan for sure. Those people are insane. So since we are at Michigan, I figured we would do favorite Michigan drivers, which there are a lot of NASCAR or IndyCar drivers from the great state of Michigan. So I'll let you begin. Remember honorable mention and top five favorite Michigan race car drivers. Go for it. Yeah, so I didn't know uh, much about Michigan drivers other than a, a handful of guys. So I really did my homework. I went and looked through uh, look, looked through the old wiki Wikipedia and learned a lot about Michigan drivers, a ton of information. So I have hand-selected uh, five in honorable mention. So kicking off with honorable mention, got to go with Jack Sprague, born August 8th, 1964. Uh, he did a little bit of racing in the Craftsman Truck Series. Um, he, he did some Cup Series races, didn't really get much done there. Xfinity Series had a win. Main reason that he's an honorable mention here and that he's even being spoken about is the mustache. Very nice mustache on Jack Sprague. Uh, you know, real, real quality, classy guy right there. So shout out to Jack. Shout out to old Jackery. Um, that's the honorable mention. Love Jack Sprague. He, he'll be on my list. Just letting you guys know. Got, gotta be, gotta be. He just looks like a swell guy. Uh, number five, uh, this is a guy that I knew nothing about and learned some. And, uh, his name is Allendale Sessions, otherwise known as Sammy Sessions. Other than the name Allendale, that is a name of a driver, thousand percent. Um, but Sammy Sessions was born. Uh, in 1935, passed away in 1977. And the main reason that we're going to talk about here, he was, uh, he, he drove in the USAC champion uh, car series. And uh, he also had uh, some starts. Uh, I think he was in the Indianapolis 500, 68, 73, and 75. He didn't really have many notable finishes, but he died uh, in a snowmobile racing accident in Alexandria, Minnesota. What more of a wow. badass way to go out than dying in a snowmobile racing accident? So that is pretty badass. That is yeah. pretty badass. Wow. Shout out to Sammy Sessions, snowmobile racing back in, in the 70s. Uh, quality guy right there. Uh, number four is going to have to be Bob Keselowski. I didn't know much about old Bob other than the fact that he was Brad's dad. But after learning a little bit more, he just was a hardworking blue collar guy, loved racing. He owned K Automotive Racing, uh, did some Arca Hooters Supercar Series races and uh, the Craftsman Truck Series where he had his one win uh, that I believe came in 1997, the Virginias for Lovers 200. Uh, so just hell of a guy, raised Brad K. Uh, and I think that he did pass away uh here recently actually last year so uh seemed like a hell of a guy definitely want to do a little bit more research on him and, and look into his life yeah uh, bob bob was a truck series pioneer he was one of those first guys and he was in his he was in his 40s starting in the truck series drove the what i remember i think the the truck that he won in was the number 29 and remember brad kozlowski had uh brad kozlowski made his own team few years ago in the truck series which now doesn't exist anymore he had the number 29 as well so yeah bob uh bob passed away last year rest in peace bob keselowski a true nascar pioneer specifically for the super trucks presented by craftsman which was a cool cool era won a lot of arca races too a lot of arca races bob keselowski did 
shout out to Hooters for being the Arca series sponsor. That was pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah didn't, for sure. Didn't really know that until now. Um, number three, Gordon Johncock. Number one, great name. Number two, man, it literally has won the Indianapolis 500 twice and was a 1976 USAC Marlboro Championship Trail Champion. Uh, he had a badass car. The 82 Indianapolis 500 car was literally like Richard Petty's car, but it was a spaceship slash fighter pilot jet Indy car. Um, it looked really nice. Uh, he was born in Hastings, Michigan, 1936. Uh, man literally was just, had a bunch of financial issues, uh, just just a lot of bad stuff. His wife divorced him. How could how dare she divorce a man named John Cock? Uh, and then he just came back and was like, you know what? Excellent F that name. noise. Yeah. Excellent name. He'll be on my list. He was out here and he was like, F that noise. I'm about to go win an Indy five. Fuck all this. And he did it. Uh, so that's a huge accomplishment in life. Shout out to Gordon. Uh, number two. This is one that I was very surprised by. I actually know this guy, Jerry Glanville. This is a man of many hats and many talents. His sons, uh, the the Avit brothers, I believe their name. They're in a band. He 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 birthed two musicians. Um, uh, he also uh, is a football coach of all things. He did recently was a coach of the XFL. I think. Um, I think right now, I don't know if he's retired or what's going on right now, but this man has been in the football. He's coached in the NFL and he also was in the truck series. Uh, didn't have any wins, top tens or poles. Had a lot of wrecks. He had yeah. a lot of wrecks. So I'll tell you that big wreck guy. Um, but I mean, Hey, that was his life. You know, he lived life in the fast lane, you know, all balls, all glory. And that's how he lived his life. That's how he does things. And uh, he's still alive and kicking today, which is pretty awesome. So Hey, and a uh, couple years ago, and you may have seen this. I'm not sure if you have. He went on the Dale Jr. download, and his that episode is really, really good. So go on Peacock, go on a podcast, listen to that episode to learn a lot, a lot about Jerry Glanville. He goes over how he got into racing and, and uh, everything. He's a, he's a bad motherfucker, dude, straight yeah. up. Big fur coat guy. Always had the fur coats on. He was big, flashy. Gotta love that guy. Uh, and my number one is pretty obvious at this point. Brad Keselowski, champion uh, of NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, just literally the most recent guy. Everyone knows him. I don't really know what more to say about him. Uh, all, not invited to Austin Dillon's TV show. Uh, and is just trying his damnedest to, to, to build a winning team with rfk right now he's done a lot in his career he, he showed up at talladega and, and and won that race out of nowhere nobody knew who the hell the kid was or what was going on so and you know it's just good to see guys like that get it done i know bob's got to be proud so yeah all for brad brad's number one brad's the one i know the most slam brad k's i don't drink anymore but slam brad k's always always remember it's a good list. That's a good list. So you got honorable mention, Jack Sprague, Sammy Sessions, incredible name, whether it's Sammy or Aldale, Alton Allen, Dale, Allendale, Allendale uh, Bob Kozlowski, rest in peace, Gordon Johncock, Jerry Glanville, Brad Kozlowski. That's a good list. You'd be surprised. You go look at Michigan drivers. There's a lot of famous drivers, whether it's IndyCar, NASCAR, uh, maybe even NHRA that are from the great state of Michigan. So. Good list. Good good work there. Good work. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. So my list 
we're going to see some similar names. I'm going to start honorable mention with Johnny Benson. Johnny Benson, former NASCAR Cup Series driver out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Johnny Benson was a very good truck series driver, won a lot of races in the truck series, won one race in the Cup Series. I guess most famously had the number 10 Valvoline car in the early 2000s, also had the number 26 in the mid-late 90s. Johnny Benson is my honorable mention because he was still racing a good bit when I was a kid growing up and was awesome in the truck series. Truck series basically had like their own big three back in the late uh, in the late 2000s, when it was like Johnny Benson, Todd Bodine, Mike Skinner. Those guys ran the truck series Super late. Trucks. So shout yeah. out Cheerios. Yes, the Cheerios 26, I believe, is what it was in the mid late 90s. But Johnny Benson is my honorable mention from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Number five, Carson Hosevar. And this resonates with people now. He's a kid in the truck series out of Portage, Michigan, destined for his first win. It's going to come soon. He's been so freaking close. The guy is very, very good for NASCAR right now. He's very stylish with, with the hats, uh, balls to the wall race car driver. Wouldn't surprise me if he snuck up and won the championship this year or next year if he's going to be back in that Nice Motorsports truck. Carson Hosevar is my number five because the guy is electric in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and has a very bright future ahead of him and is a great personality for the sport. Still can't believe I hadn't met this kid, man. We've interacted on Twitter, Instagram a couple times, but got to meet him. Got to meet him in person. We saw – I think we saw him not too long ago, and I know that he had an injury recently, but just the man with the hat on walking with that cane, it's like a pimp cane. He's just doing his thing, man. Like, I just he, – he, he is. vibes he is. from that guy. Great vibes, and that's why I had to put him at number five uh, on my great state of Michigan drivers. So, Carson Hosevar, number five. Number four, Brian Herta, former IndyCar driver and team owner and the dad of Colton Herta, who we kind of mentioned earlier. Got to meet Colton this past weekend. Super good dude. Uh Brian Herta was a, a staple in the IndyCar series for a long time. Ran the Indy 500 a few times. I know. I think in, I think in 2005 he finished in the top five, and two Indy 500 championships as an owner with Dan Weldon in 2011, which is the craziest race ever when J.R. Hildebrand crashed in the final corner. Uh, his teams had always run really well at Indy and could not win. And finally, the, the the gods gave one to him that day with Dan Weldon. And then 2016, he had merged with Andretti and uh, the 98 car of Alexander Rossi, won the 100th edition of the Indy 500. Brian Herta was a part of that team, too. So Brian Herta is a great figure in the history of motorsports, very underrated. Cannot forget about him being the dad of Colton Herta, who – is a superstar in the IndyCar series, and he's out of Warren, Michigan. Brian Herta, decent part of my childhood, and big respect to the guy because he's he's been grinding for a long time, whether he's been a driver or a team owner. So Brian Herta is my number four. Number three is a guy that you had on your list, and that's Jack Sprague. And Jack Sprague uh, is a huge, huge proponent of my childhood when it comes to NASCAR. One of the top truck series drivers of all time, 28 wins, three championships, and was getting it done in his 40s. 
kind of love that. He was still competitive in his early mid forties in the NASCAR truck series. And I just love, uh, I tried to buy a shirt the other day. I have a Jack Sprague shirt, but I tried to buy this Quaker state number 24 truck, uh, t-shirt. And of course I was negotiating with the buyer and someone else fucking bought it. So if you were that person, I just want to know. I just want to know who bought it when I was literally negotiating Is that what the price. You were coming to ask me if I was like, if I bought a shirt. Yes, yes. Uh, because the guy had literally said he had no interest in this shirt and he had had it up listed for a month. And I was negotiating the price with him. And as we're finalizing, he goes, dude, someone just bought it. I cannot believe it. Someone just literally just fucking bought the shirt. Crazy. So if you bought if you bought an XL Jack Spray Quaker State number twenty four, just let me know. I just want to know who the fuck bought it. But the truck god shirt. Yes, yeah, Jack Sprague was the man. And uh, you talk about the mustache earlier. Pretty calm personality. Didn't have a lot of personality, but was a hell of a wheel man and got the job done three times in the truck series. And like you said, he did win an Xfinity race in two thousand two with uh, Rick Hendrick, the Net Zero car. So. Throwing that out there too. Jack Sprague, NASCAR legend. No question about it. He is my number three. Number two, a guy that was on your list and potentially the best porn star name I've ever heard for a race car driver, Gordon Johncock. Shout out. Gordon Johncock. What a name. What a name. But that's not the biggest part for me. I'm uh, obsessed with the Indy 500. I go back and watch old races. I've really studied hard on the history. I could name every Indy 500 winner since 1980. Maybe even further back than that. But Gordon Johncock won the Indy 500 in 1973, which was a very emotional race because uh, his friend Sweet Savage got killed in that race, um, which he had wrecked, crashed, and didn't die. He died 30 days later, I think, but it was a vicious wreck. And uh, it's it's on YouTube. Viewer discretion is advised, obviously, to go watch it. But it's a very fascinating part of history and how – Shows you how dangerous the Indy 500 was back in the day. Like these guys that raced between the first ever Indy 500 and like into the 90s are just the the most badass human beings of all time. You see the the material, the equipment they were getting in and racing. It's just unbelievable to even comprehend. And people died all the time in the Indy 500. Leather helmets. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's back in the 40s and 30s. These guys didn't even have... They had no sort of restraining device. They had Football no seatbelts. And they were just completely revealed. If a car flipped, they're dead. They're just going to roll out and die. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how far we've come. And even in the 70s and 80s, when we started reaching unbelievably high speeds, the cars were still not very safe. Balls. And, and this, the 73 Indy 500 was a crazy one because the race did not get finished until Wednesday. Wednesday evening because of bad weather and eventually with all the wrecks that happened and, and the chaos that it was a pit crew member got hurt multiple pit crew members got hurt from wrecks i think and uh, obviously i mentioned sweet savage died 30 days later but the race was called due to darkness and on wednesday night and the leader was gordon johncock and he came back and won in 1982 which I recommend anybody to go watch the finish of that race. It is one of my top five favorite Indy 500s because Gordon John Cock is on old tires. Rick Mears, four-time winner of the Indy 500, was dominating this race. 
and reeling in Gordon Johncock with a couple laps to go. And somehow, by the grace of God, Gordon Johncock on these old-ass tires holds off Rick Mears. It's the most unbelievable finish ever. Just unbelievable driving to hold off one of the greatest Indianapolis racers of all time in the final laps when he's on better tires than you. It is unbelievable. I recommend anybody just go watch it. Look up 1980, Indy 500, Gordon Johncock, just a legendary performance winning that race. Put that cock on him. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. Just flapped it, flopped it on the table. Rick flopped Mears. It on the table. Check it. Yeah. Rick, Mir- Rick Mears got his on the table, too, because he ended up winning four of them. But He's got big dick energy for sure. Rick absolutely. And, and that was a cool thing, too, because when you look at the history, that was a redemption moment for Gordon Johncock because that race in 73 was such a bizarre one and, and probably didn't feel like a true win with everything that happened. So him coming back and winning in 1982 was a super cool moment for him. And like you said, that car was gorgeous. It was an SDP race car. And it Gordon Johncock. It was beauty. Gordon Johncock, I believe, is still alive today. I think that he's is, in his 80s. We need to find yeah. that guy. I just wanted to mention this one thing before you go to number one. Just imagine, you talk about how he's a great porn star name. Think about this. Back in the day when they were just young guns, just, just fires blazing, they could have had all the women. You could, they could have made a porno called Coming to the Finish with Dick Mears <laughs> and Gordon Johncock. <laughs> It's the stars. <laughs> That's Rick good. Electric. That is good. That is that is a solid. Yeah. I don't know how much. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I don't know how much time you spent thinking about that, but literally seconds. Th- I love maybe, my brain. maybe maybe we have someone out there that's just really, really into that kind of shit and probably knows of some videotape that exists that's based oh. off of it. Because how does somebody not think of that? How does yeah. someone not come up with that during the 70s or the 80s? If you come across the uh, the the VHS tape or uh, laser disc of coming to the finish, uh, let us know. We got to take it to the Indy Indianapolis Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna get yeah. a big blow up projector. We're gonna screen it. Uh, adult <laughs> screening. I'm not. Works. I don't know if I'm gonna be watching it, but <laughs> I, I'm down to retrieve the videotape. It's history. Yes, it's history. <laughs> That's fucking good. So my number one is the same as yours. Shout out to Gordon Johncock. Absolute legend. Look up at 82 finish. It's awesome. Number one is, is Brad Keselowski. Because I grew up uh, intently watching Brad K develop his Cup Series career, starting in the, in the Xfinity Series in the mid-late 2000s. Um, but the big thing that's, that is sentimental to me with Brad K is – 2012, when he won that championship, came out of nowhere, basically. He had started competing pretty well in 2011. And then uh, 2012 really took off with crew chief Paul Wolf. And I was a big Jimmy Johnson hater. I also was a Tony Stewart hater around this time. And between 2005 and 2011, every championship was won by either Jimmy Johnson or Tony Stewart. So that was a rough, I was a rough, rough time. Even though in 2011, I did respect Tony Stewart with that insane battle with Carl Edwards. I wanted Carl to win really bad. I wanted Carl Edwards in that one. Didn't happen. So that makes that championship in 2012 for me that much sweeter because it ended that drought of a driver not named Jimmy or Tony winning a fucking championship. And he went out there and had a great year and just beat 
He beat Jimmy Johnson head-to-head. I think Clint Boyer finished second in that championship season. But Brad Kay is a certified Hall of Famer in the in the NASCAR Cup Series. And the only thing left on his list is to win the Daytona 500. He is a restrictor plate mastermind. He's won a Brickyard 400. He He's won at Darlington. He's won the Southern 500. I have to check if he's won an all-star race. But uh, he has won the Coca-Cola 600, too. So he's basically done everything except win a Daytona 500. And he's had a good impact on my life from a fan standpoint, um, specifically with that 2012 championship. That was a big moment because we broke broke the broke the streak of Jimmy and Tony dominating the NASCAR world and ruining my life. So I really appreciate Brad K for that. So that is why he is my number one. I think this is the first time me and you have both had the num- the same number one. Is that correct? I think that is correct, and uh, I think he's a, a very fitting and deserving number one on this list because yep. of all the Michigan drivers, uh, he was – when you told me we were going to do this segment, that was the first guy that, that popped up in my brain. So Yeah, and, and he we're, – we're mainly NASCAR guys, right? So, like, yeah. of course, he's got to be – he's got to be at the top. And for all the reasons I just stated and reasons you stated earlier, slam Brad Kays. Yeah, he's the guy. He is the guy. It's been a tough year. All for the Brad, jokes but. and the bullshit aside, like, look, I crack jokes on Brad all the time. I, I'll I'll say things that people might find questionable about Brad. At the end of the day, I respect the shit out of that man, what he's done for the sport, and what he's still doing right now. Like, he's out there getting shitty finishes, just busting his ass, trying to find a way right now. Like, that takes balls to do what he's doing. So, still got mad respect for Brad K. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. So to recap my list, honorable mention is Johnny Benson, Carson Hosfar, number five, Brian Herta, number four, Jack Sprague, number three, or as Kenny Wallace would say, you got to look this up sometime too. There's a race at, uh, it was either IRP or Gateway where Kenny Wallace was a guest up in the booth mm-hmm. and he kept calling Jack Sprague, Jack Sprague. And Sprague. me and my dad always thought that was so funny. Uh, he would always call him Jack Sprague and so Jack, Jack Sprague is my number three, Gordon Johncock, number two, and Brad Kozlowski, number one. So that has been the Garage Guide. Let us know your thoughts and let us know if you have a topic you, you'd like us to discuss that's kind of a little more outside the box from the, the general tiers you see people rank in NASCAR. So that's always a fun segment. We have a good time doing that and hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we will be back again. Uh, as always, make sure you don't miss Dale Center this week for Michigan coming to you live from Nashville. There you uh, go. Took most, the words right out of my mouth. There you go. Like you know, you know, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of Dale Center. We got to let the world know. Make sure you don't miss that. The most comprehensive betting show in the universe, not just NASCAR, all motorsports. And be sure to uh, to not miss the NASCAR race preview show for the Firekeepers Casino 400 at Michigan. Uh, will Ryan Blaney do it again? Probably not, but we'll see. Uh, but that, that has been a show. Hope you enjoyed it, and, uh, and enjoy your week, Garage Fam. As always, the Discord is free, and uh, hit us up anytime online at Garage Guy Chase. Follow Dale at Dale Tanhart, and, uh, and go eat at Hooters, because we said so. Herman we love Hooters. We love Hooters, and we love you. Amen. Thanks, everybody.